Robert Sapp here. Welcome to the Trinity Word Ministry Podcast. Today we're going to do the things a little different. I'm going to read from King James Version, and then I'm going to turn around and read the same scriptures from the New English Translation, or the NET. I'm going to use Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10, and if For those of us that are familiar with the scriptures, this is indeed the whole armor of God. Verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Same scriptures, Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10 from the New English Translation. Finally, Be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of His power. Clothe yourself with the full armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to stand your ground on the evil day, and having done everything, to stand. Stand firm, therefore, by fastening the belt of truth around your waist, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, by fitting your feet with the preparation that comes from the good news of peace. And in all of this, by taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit and to this end, be alert with all perseverance and request for all the saints. Pray for me also that I may be given the message when I begin to speak, that I may confidently make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may be able to speak boldly as I ought to speak. I read both those versions tonight, today, for for one particular reason. And I could have read other versions for the same reason. Nowhere in those scriptures, in any translation, any version, does it say to take off the armor of God. It tells us to put on the armor of God, but it never tells us to take off the armor of God. So what's the point? Why why do I make that point known? Once you put it on, you are not to take it off. You are always to walk around with the full armor of God on. Now, if 
we is to write these scriptures in today's vernacular, we would use, you know, suits or dresses and ties and all kinds of things. But they, they wrote this back in the days of the Roman Empire, back when the Rome, Romans were in charge of Jerusalem and, and back in the time when Roman, Rome was the most powerful military force in the land and in the world as they knew it. People saw suits of armor. They understood what they were for. They saw that the suit of armor was, was for protection against the soldier. It was also a good defense as well as an offense. Now, suits of armor are not worn anymore because, well, crossbows came around. And they had the ability to penetrate and pierce the armor. So it was just, it was easier to get rid of the armor because it made it a little harder to move. That's man's armor, not God's armor, but man's armor because it was big and it was clunky. But let's look at this. Let's see what was the armor of God in Ephesians 6 starting with chapter verse 10 the whole armor of God it says having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace taking the shield of faith and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit note that there is not one part of your body that is not protected your feet your waist, your breast, your helmet covers your head, all of the important parts. Oh yeah, well, okay, your legs are not truly covered, okay, but they weren't back then. You know, they had to move a little bit. So the major portions of the body was, was protected. But let's look at it a little differently. Let's look at it more spiritual. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Your waist, the center of your body, has to the core of your very body has to be truth. It has to be truth. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Are you ready to teach and preach? Are you ready to stand and give an account? Are you ready to do what is necessary to be done? Having on the breastplate of righteousness, your heart, where God lives, where Jesus lives, your heart, your breastplate of righteousness, protect that. The shield of faith so that you can quench the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield of faith, that is a, an offense or excuse me, a defensive weapon. You're protected. You're guarded by your shield. The helmet of salvation, your brain, where your thinking process is, where it begins, where everything happens in your body. Protect your brain with salvation. See, it's got to first get into your head, then it moves into your heart. You can know of God, but it's only when you know God as your personal Lord and Savior that it makes the difference. Knowing of Him is no different than me knowing that there are snakes in the woods or knowing that there is bears in the woods or, or knowing a fact about something okay that that is a fact knowing of God I can 
I can know of God. I can look at His handiwork. I can look at His creation and know that there is indeed a God. But it's when He becomes personal, my personal God, my personal Lord, my personal Savior, that's when it moves from my head to my heart. So protect your, your head with your helmet of salvation. And using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that is your Bible, that is your Scriptures. That is how you are to resist this Satan and he will flee. You can't just say, stop Satan. No. When, when Jesus was in the wilderness, fasting for 40 days, and afterwards, Satan came and tempted even Jesus and said, I know you're hungry. I'm going to paraphrase, but I know you're hungry. You can make these rocks into bread. You can eat be satisfied. Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Scripture. Scripture. He always came back with Scripture to resist Satan. And Satan actually had to flee. After three times of, of tempting Christ, Satan had to leave him alone because every time Jesus answered Satan, he answered him with Scripture. So you must know the scriptures. You must know the Word of God. That is your sword. And then he tells us to pray always with prayer and supplication and watching thereunto all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Not just the people in your church, not just your family, but all Christians. No matter where they are, no matter what they look like, we are to pray for them. And he asked to be prayed for so that he would be able to open his mouth and speak words that God puts in. Not what man puts in, but what God puts in. Are you praying for your pastor? Are you praying for your evangelist? Are you praying for those Christians that are in other parts of the world? And maybe they don't look like you. Maybe they don't act like you. Maybe they don't even worship like you do. Oh my gosh, maybe they don't even close their eyes when they pray. Well, I was coming down the road the other day on the phone, hands-free, I promise you. I've got a vehicle where, you know, my Bluetooth hooks up to my radio and I can talk through my car speakers. And this individual, and I won't tell you who it was, but he needed prayer. And I told him, so we're going to pray, but trust me, I'm not going to close my eyes because I am driving 60 miles an hour. And we said a prayer that moment. We don't always have to close our eyes to pray. We don't always have to bow our head to pray. We don't always have to do the things we've always done the same way. Sometimes it might be good to get out of that little routine and that little regiment. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't take it off of a night. Don't take it off when you're taking your wife out on a date. Don't take it off when you're when you're going someplace on a trip, wear it constantly. Put it on. Be protected. Guard your very thoughts. That's why the whole armor of God is very important. It's why we study it and we preach about it and we read about it. We read about it. We study it because it is extremely important to our salvation. And not only to our salvation, but just our general being. 
I mentioned earlier today in a sermon I was doing, I'm much happier as a, as a Christian than I was as a sinner, but I'm going to tell you, I had fun as a sinner. I did, but it was only for a season. It was not lasting. It was not permanent. It was fun for a while, but then the fun wore off. There's an old secular song back from the 70s, The Seasons in the Sun. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. It was fleeting. It was momentarily. But as a Christian, walking with God, it is always joyful. Now, hear what I'm saying. It's not always going to be good. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have terrible days. You're going to have days where things go wrong. I walked out of my house one time and had four flat tires on my car. I believe someone helped those tires go flat. I walked out of my house one day, got in my vehicle, heading to church, me and my wife and my two kids, and we get to the end of our street and the transmission in my car or in the van that I was driving goes out. I was able to get it off of the road. We walked back home and we was going to get in our other vehicle and we was going to go to church. Well, the other vehicle had a dead battery. So I just went in, sat down on the couch, trying to think, okay, I could go up and get the battery out of the vehicle that's got the transmission went out in it. I could do that. That's going to take a little bit, but I could do that. And then I remembered I had a lawnmower. Okay, I'm going to try to jump my car off with my lawnmower. It worked. I fried the lawnmower battery, but it worked. I got the car started. We got to church on time. I had to replace the transmission in the van. I had to replace the battery in my lawnmower. But not one time, believe it or not, those of you that know me, did I get mad or upset or stomp and rant and rave. I'm like, okay, Lord, how can I do this? And God reminded me, well, try the lawnmower. What's going to hurt? It worked. It worked. So, you know, God always gives us an out. He always gives us a way if we're willing to take it. What we've got to do is we've got to put on that whole armor of God. We've got to resist the devil. We've got to resist flying off the handle. We've got to resist being mad when things go wrong. Because they will go wrong, guys, even as Christians. You're going to have bad days. So how could I say earlier that joyful, being with God is joyful? Because even in the bad days, even in the bad days, God's still there. Even in the bad days, I'm still a Christian. Even in the bad days, I still get to go to heaven if I die. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God wants you happy. He wants you full of joy. There is a huge difference between joyful and happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is momentarily. I can laugh. My two, two of my grandchildren just left here. I was laughing at them. They were so funny tonight. That was happiness. But having those children in my life as my grandsons and being their grandfather, that makes me joyful. Having my wife beside of me, no matter what, that makes me joyful. Oh, my wife and I, we, we laugh, we cut up, we carry on. She calls me a moron quite often. And if you know me very well, you know that, yes, indeed, I am moronic. 
but we have a good time. That's happiness. But having her as my wife, that's joyful. My daughter, my son, they make me joyful. They make me just stand back and smile. They also make me laugh. They also make me mad. They can tick me off. They can push those buttons, if you will. But anger is also fleeting, if you allow it. If you don't, anger can take over and make you just an angry old man or an angry old woman. It's up to you. What do you want? What do you want to be like? As I said, I preached a sermon earlier today, and in that sermon I asked the question, or I, I told something that my mother always told me growing up. Rob, you are, you're living your own eulogy. You're writing your own eulogy by the way you live your life. I'm going to leave you with that. How do you want to be remembered? I want to go out of here with someone saying, he put on the whole armor of God and just never got around to taking it off. Because you see, Satan is all about destroying us. He comes to rob, steal, destroy. If we've got on the armor of God, truly wearing the armor of God, he's less likely to get to us. Number 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray for the peace. I pray for peace for you. No matter where you're at, I pray that God gives you peace today. God gives you peace in the future. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings upon our lives, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you'll touch and that you'll move, Lord, as only you can. Lord, that you'll stretch forth your hand on each and every one that hears this message. Each and every one that hears this study. Lord, that you'll, that you'll teach them how to put on the whole armor and keep it on. Not take it off, but keep it on. I ask, Lord, that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, that you'll give peace and comfort where peace and comfort is needed. The bereaved, Lord, tonight, I ask you that you wrap your loving arms around them, give them comfort. Those that are sick or facing financial ruin or without a job, I ask that you give them comfort, Lord, that you give them joy. Not just happiness, but give them joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys. Till we meet again, love you, take care of each other.